Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of Racken, and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. In today's episode, we took our check-in about tech topics and extended it for the whole time. We really enjoyed talking about what's going on, what the news of the day is, what's happening in different circles, and there is a lot happening from VMware and Broadcom to HashiCorp and the license changes, even to sad news about Chris Nova passing uh, during a mountaineering expedition. There is a lot of things to consider going on, and we walk through a lot of them. So if you like to catch up on the tech news, then this topic hopefully has aged well, and you will enjoy it. I'm interested also in you know what's what's shaping up from a KubeCon perspective because I haven't heard anything about KubeCon. Neither have I, to be honest. Um, I, I haven't really been paying that much attention to ten years in the past week either. But uh, uh, I have to check when when uh, when is even. Um, I know GitOpsCon is shipping up um, to be. Uh, I, I believe they're they're aiming it for it to be a two day event this year. What was it? What was it before? Um, before it. it it was uh, typically attached to uh, uh, to CDCon, like a continuous delivery con. I think now the, or, or at least there's been talks uh, in, uh, among the people on on the GitOps working group uh, to um, to attach to other conferences and uh, as, and that way they can make use of the resources without having to set up a whole separate conference. Uh, let me see if I can find the conversation on that. I I usually like, you know, travels travels a burden enough, so it is nice to be able to dogpile. Although sometimes you get into the case where um, the, the trips end up getting too long, which is frustrating. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, GitOps Con, um, it looks like they're going to do it uh, as a virtual event um, on December 5th and 6th, or at least that, that's what they're aiming for uh, in conjunction with the Linux Foundation. In so they chose a virtual? Yeah, virtual and two half days, as opposed to one full day. It's interesting. I've seen some hybrid events. Um, be interested to know how, how attendance comes together on that. Well... That's actually an interesting question, considering how many people caught COVID during um, uh, 
the security conference that just happened. Uh, there are a lot of people, and a lot of people said they weren't going to go because there wasn't a mask requirement. Um, they uh, that is going to be interesting because I also know folks who are re- are regretting that there are fewer virtual events and they would be happy to attend virtual, but they're not interested in going in person with COVID rise. Yeah, but particularly with the new strain going around. Yeah, yeah I've I've seen two new strains reporting reporting COVID. Um, and yeah, there's not there's really no material. Nobody's masking at VM Explore. Wow. Yeah, uh, DefCon um, totals over two fifty at this point of reported uh, reported infections. Wow. Wow. Well, DefCon Black Hat. All the rest of the stuff rolled into one, right? But no, that's not surprising. I, th- I guess all things considered, and, and there are people who said, "Oh, I, I masked the entire time except when I was eating, and I came home with COVID." So uh, there, there's actually besides Aaron coming out of England, there's also a a new variant coming out of Mich that came that's come out of Michigan. Nice. And the uh, the research is finally showing uh, that there there's a lot of uh, cardio cardiovascular impact from from COVID. Uh, don't scare me like that. I'm going to Google next next week. <laughs> Wear your mask. Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and I also had to choose the the, the, the biggest airplane on, on from a flight there because <laughs> because it's not often that I get the, the chance to fly in a, in a Dreamliner. Hmm. Yeah, those are that is a beautiful. Oh airplane. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're which Google are you going to? Uh, San Francisco. Uh, because I'm in the Bay Area, it might be interesting to uh meet up for lunch or something. Or yeah, yeah. I'm sitting yeah. there going, but outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know much about that area, and um, well, I, I'll have going... to double, double look, double, double check my my schedule because I like I, I know like the the Google conference starts uh like pretty early and, and goes pretty much all day. Oh yeah, and they have parties and shit like that. So yeah. Uh, they, but they, they uh, also, I might sneak they out. Also, are crazy on the security. Like they last time I was there pre-COVID, they were um, like definitely checking like pictures on badges, which is you know they they were they did not want anybody who was not who they said they were coming into that venue. It was, wow! Yeah, yeah and you're you're only allowed to bring like uh, tote bag sized. Uh, um, carry-ons at most um, oh yeah it's uh it, it's going to be interesting like it's, it's the first conference i i have gone to since, in person since COVID. Oh. and uh yeah of course it's the biggest one. <laughs> oh man well i i i guess aws reinvent might might be bigger but yeah getting up but, there yeah I, I'll be curious to hear what you learn. I, I definitely 
you know, Google oh. Google does not get the footprint from a news perspective that the other clouds do, but I know they do some really interesting stuff. So the agenda is AI, AI, AI. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of, of usability uh, uh, improvements for for the services that um, that I know that they're going to announce, but uh, for the most part, it's yeah, it's it's going to be a buzzword conference. Okay. Uh, one of the interesting things from here is. Um, there's definitely some LLM and AI, but it looks like more about places where they're showing people how to use it and discuss it. Um, I haven't I haven't seen as much real content about about um, AI here, and the edge stuff that I usually am interested in is really much less dominant. Like there's there's relatively little edge here this year. Where are you yeah. currently? VMware Explorer. Oh, oh! So you're local right now? <laughs> Relatively, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the city, <laughs> time zone, time zone, local too, definitely. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, visiting the floor and trying to get a feel for what's up and what's down. Well, visit HashiCorp. Sorry. Visit HashiCorp. I'm, I didn't see a booth for them. I'm, I'm definitely curious. Um, they, they, they're in a, they're in a, that's a whole, that's, I mean, we talked about it last week, but, but that, that fallout still continues. Well, they had an ad on Twitter about how they're, they're some, something new in Terraform uh, lets you, uh, do better uh, virtual machine management with VMware so that you save money. And I get this feeling that whatever they're announcing is not part of the uh, open version of Terraform. Uh, at this point, nothing is. <laughs> exactly. Our, and our, this is very shiny new, supposedly. Is that, yeah, well, that they keep, they keep uh, expanding scope as you know, what they what their intentions are and fundamentally um using you know if you're you're any vendor using terraform that that is that is functionally going to be prevented mm -hmm. unless, unless you're paying for it and i only they haven't created a mechanism to license it that i've seen jeez uh, <laughs> It's a big, it's a, I mean, I, this, this is, this is a, gonna, you know, people got very, very um, deeply embedded with Terraform. Mm -hmm. and, and it's going to be curious to see how, how much that is to unwind. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think people who are using Terraform are going, or not a lot, are going to stop using Terraform. But it did. They might switch to a fork version. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think there's the question of how how the fork comes about and what what happens from a fork perspective, or if you even need to move to the new version of Terraform. Right. Um, well, 
there, there are multiple companies talking about uh, getting the fork started, and they're starting to talk about names for the damn fork. <laughs> when they start shaving the yak, that's when you know it, it, it probably will happen. <laughs> no, well, they, I mean, they can't name it. T, I, I, I believe TF or, you know, even TF is going to be problematic for them, that they're going to have to have some new something. Mm -hmm. but I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a community. I, how the, the entities end up collaborating around Terraform for that, it, it could be a great, I mean, it, it could actually isolate out um, the higher level pieces and just let it be a DSL. That's part of our analysis here is that, you know, the fork could actually treat Terraform as a real cloud DSL and then strip away um, a lot of the stuff that made it Terraform um, harder to embed, like, the, you know, the, the way state files had to be stored and things like that. But that's a that's a much bigger lift when you start talking about about something like that. Yeah. I don't know how big HashiCorp is at this point, but they just laid off 8% of their staff, so. It, there's, there's, I mean, there's definitely a commercial imperative here for that. Because, right, their latest, their latest filings weren't showing them profitable. They still have plenty of cash. Um, right, this is what Greg was talking about this last week. Right. But I, I mean, the thing that that I see from a from an embedding perspective is there's a lot of companies that are that are automating around Terraform to do provisioning operations. And what's not clear is if those um, if if the providers who are the service SaaS businesses that are using Terraform to just run the machinery or console or vault to run the machinery of their infrastructure. Uh, it's not clear yet if that's a problem because it's more than Terraform. It, it's, it could also be using console in a way or using vault in a way. Um, yeah. And, also, and the Rob, statement of competitive is a very broad brush. Yeah. Also, Rob, could you uh, let Josh back in again? His audio was killed when he... Uh... Let me do that. Thanks. I'm trying to do it. Uh, yeah, he said that it was weird that uh, when he got the call, it killed his audio, and then he couldn't get back in again. So now he's trying to get back in, and it was weird stuff along those lines. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, Zoom's, Zoom's acting weird. I don't know if you can hear me. We can hear you. Yeah, we, it's been acting. Ah, okay, hold on. Let me see. Yeah, because you're showing up as uh, no, with I, a big I'm not C on your him name. On the list. Rocky. What? I, I don't see him on the participants list to let him in. Oh, let me. But uh, I will make you a co-host, so that if if he shows back up, you can you can uh, you can authorize him. Okay. 
running it from my phone. So I, I, I don't know if I, I bounced everybody or I bounced myself at the beginning. Ah. Uh, what well, was just you yourself as far as I can tell. Okay. So it kept running for you. Yeah. I hit yeah. the wrong. Hit and the wrong when button. you bounced, you, you became, uh, you, you got the image of Klaus's, uh, Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, so there are two Actually, two did, square C's on the thing. Did did you all see the controversy around Zoom? There was like yeah. that I think Hashicore eclipsed it and then it seemed like Zoom backpedaled. Ah. Uh, about yeah. using, you know, basically an, a no opt-out option on using meeting data for training. For for training AI, yeah. Did they yeah. backpedal, or did that just slip under the radar because HashiCorp was so much bigger news? Last week they they made an announcement saying that they're that they were not going to use it, and to, and this week they made another announcement saying the same that they're not they're not going to use it. So I, I guess they uh, somebody got really upset with them, and and they were at risk of losing a lot of money. Uh, there were there was a lot of. Um, Unsign ups. I mean, there uh, there were some immediate response in the in some of the crowds I was in, talking about um, you know not being able to use Zoom. I, and we had, I mean, we had a discussion about it for Racket. We were like, I we might not be able to use Zoom in certain customer scenarios if they're going to have a no opt out recording policy. Yeah, yeah, uh, and Google also has. Uh, certain policy with regards to using data for training. Yeah. Uh, although I believe our, that in our discussion, we we ultimately got to the point of it's so far out of our control, and we didn't think it was limited to Zoom that we actually ended up with putting together a policy that said, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's it's okay to you know. <laughs> You have to tell people if you're recording, they have to be aware of it. But recording and transcribing meetings uh, has to be okay because we can't turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> Even just like turning on closed captioning, which a lot of these services allow you to do by default. Uh, we we have no way to know if those closed captioning results are being um, stored somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So I, we just we our policy is that you have to make it available to all parties if you have it. Um, like and if you need complete control of your data, like the only option is self-host Jitsi or, or or something like that. Yeah. Have Have you seen the lawsuit against Google that's going forward about um, uh, browsing incognito? Um. No. I I didn't know it was a lawsuit, but but I did hear the uh, uh about yeah the, the Chrome browser incognito not being incognito to Google itself. Oh, and yes, and so there is a a lawsuit that um the judge refused to throw out. Uh, Google's lawyers' argument for summary judgment was. People using incognito don't want that stuff to be saved on their local devices, but it's okay if Google saves all of that stuff on their servers. 
So incognito is only incognito on the local device with Google Chrome. That's always been my assumption anyway, because there's, you know, the DNS logging, if nothing else, is going to reveal everything for, that you, you do from that. Uh, I, the only difference would be if you had a VPN and had some really significant um, protections from that perspective, ran your own DNS. Which is vulnerable now as well. Yeah, but you could use Cloudflare, and even so, Google would still be uh, and the Cloud Cloudflare uh, anonymous DNS, and even so, Google would still be collecting all that stuff. And it's not that they were just collecting it; they were using it to serve ads. Oh dear! I mean, yep. they're they're using it for all their training and their ad stuff and everything like that. Okay, that's I, yeah. And, they, uh, and, they, and coupling that with uh, with their push to to get people to use the was it like the, the enhanced web security or or whatever? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah which, which you cannot turn off if you use Gmail. Like they they, they keep it keeps popping up saying like, "Are you sure you don't want to enable this? Are you sure you don't want to enable this?" Oh yeah, yes, exactly. I get that. Ugh. Yes, I, that, that is a really weird. It's not weird. I guess it's com it's just the drive, the commercial drive that they're like, oh, we're going to protect you from everybody but us. <laughs> that's the that's sort of you need you need enhanced protections, but it doesn't do anything on our on our relationship with you. Right. In fact, we're probably going to get more information from you by you using this, but oh, we're not telling you that. And that's actually part of the lawsuit is that. They uh, said, use you can use incognito mode and nobody will track you. And they didn't say nobody will track you but us. And that's part of the lawsuit. And, and Microsoft uh, is also getting in hot water now because they changed Teams to uh. open external links in, in Edge by default. And so ignoring your system preference. <laughs> yeah. It, is it just me or are we in a giant technology degradation at the moment? Well, it's not technology degradation. It is uh, the corporate need for uh, data. And so technology marches on, but but the large corporations are trying to suck as much data out of the whole thing as they can. Their reason yeah. to exist. Did I already tell you guys about the farmer's dog? No. Oh, the farmer's dog is a food dog food company. And they've been advertising like crazy, including, I think, Super Bowl. Uh, so they've got some deep-pocketed... Uh, venture capitalists and they claim that they tailor your the food to your dog your breed and needs and stuff like that and somebody actually uh walked through the whole uh the whole questionnaire that you had to answer to even find out what the prices were for the uh dog food and 
the whole thing is just a let's scrape for for data uh you know name address phone number email and then type of dog size of dog uh where you buy your dog food what dog food your dog eats does it need a special diet and stuff like that and you go through all of the questions and things like special diet well you want to do the special diet and that actually gets a lot of folks onto this fresh dog food thing in the first place it turns out that no matter what question how you answer questions on special diets and stuff like that they only have one kind of dog food mm-hmm. so they totally ignore what the answers are except for data collection yike and it became obvious to to at least some of this this woman who was uh walking through it to just see what security and and privacy was that the whole setup for a farmer's dog it's not a dog food company it's a data company which explains the vc money and the push yeah exactly i can see it i i heard on hard fork a similar story about this um silver orb company that's doing um iris oh. scanning and they're offering people um like two hundred dollars of the of a cryptocurrency for participate opting into the uh, the uh, iris scan not, not two hundred dollars fifty dollars oh fifty yeah <laughs> going so so you're selling your identity for fifty dollars jeez oh my goodness and uh was it south africa banned them yeah, it's there's a they're they're going to less developed countries um and using it as a like VC based crypto giveaway um yeah and collecting a whole bunch of data from people who don't know anything about the potential uses or compromise. Yeah. 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 Very dystopian. <laughs> yeah, it's like Everything seems to be converging at the moment. Uh, speaking of convergence, California, <laughs> tsunami, uh, rather uh, tropical, tropical storm and earthquake <laughs> just after Maui burned. <laughs> earthquake. Hurricane, earthquake. Is that what? Earthquake. Yep. Earthquake. All that on the news. Yep. It's, wow. It was actually. The one of the few ways you could get any reasonable uh, news uh, information on the whole tropical storm on Twitter because uh, none of all the hashtags were just uh, you could get the top news which was like really random and lots of repeats and if you went to latest you'd get all this uh, porn spam <laughs> but Herquake gave you more information than just tropical storm or whatever or, or hashtag, hashtag hillary i I, I have to say like i'm doing events without i miss twitter from an event <sighs> hashtag perspective and coordination perspective like i i am much more in the blind because there's no material social media presence on these at, at events anymore so uh the um 
Mastodon doesn't work for that? Not It doesn't have the critical mass, and it's not as effective at hashtagging. Uh. Like you, hashtags do not cross the Fediverse the same way as they did in Twitter. Have you tried Blue Sky? That seems to be... I, I, I have uh, a... I never... I, and I, did, I just haven't had the willingness to invest in yet another social network. I guess I should. Well, it's Blue Sky a, is by... a burden to rebuild your following. Yes. Uh, uh, well, do they have the import capability anymore or is... Uh, must block that because it used to be I you could actually import yet. it. I need to, but somewhere right, you have to build, you have to post a mapping. Like the like, people did it pretty effectively for Mastodon from Twitter, but um, I haven't seen people build uh, the a consistent mapping approach between people's. Maybe there's a business here that's not actually a social media platform, but just a social media cross-registration platform. Oh, man, talk mm -hmm. about data. Uh, <laughs> I, that would be such a a large corp or uh, vulture capital uh, data wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I for one the social media cross tying system. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I for one I I'm, I'm happy with with the Fediverse and, and its decentralization. It, it it feels refreshing after all the twitters and and reddits and whatever yeah. else is. Um, but yeah, I, I understand that. For some, it, it is harder to migrate. The, the uh, real-time information out of active uh, events around the world is definitely a loss with Twitter down the tubes. Well, I get, oh, the, the past week in particular has seen a large influx of um, new accounts on, on Mastodon for data scientists uh, because they, they, Twitter is no longer reliable. Well, the other thing that, that happened in the past week is that about a week ago, uh, Musk declared that he was going to eliminate blocking. Yep. And so there was a mass exodus again and, and Blue Sky got swamped and uh, I assume Mastodon got swamped. And since then, half the posts out there are Musk blocking somebody. <laughs> it's like, well, here you are blocking all these people, and yet you say it's going away. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure, but Blue Sky seems to have the edge for the people left on Twitter for leaving. It, well, it, it is the closest of uh, to a pre-Musk experience that uh, you're going to get. Yeah, and it's Jack. Yeah. And so uh, some people kind of sort of trust Jack to at least know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Mastodon, and this is completely tangentially uh, related, but um, uh, it was, uh, it hit the news, uh, was it? Yes, say no. Two days ago uh, on Sunday, 
uh, that um, Chris Noah passed away last week. Yes. Yeah. Um, mountaineering accident. Oh, was it a, a that was it was a mountaineering accident? Yes. Yep. So she went doing what she loved. Yep. And, and, and at the happiest time of, of their life, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. I wish I wish they'd included that detail in the posts I saw about it. That would have actually been a useful um, celebration of what Chris loved to do. So. Uh, it, it it was in in the follow up uh, messages, but the the, other, the first one wa was understandably uh, thin on details. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to know. I'm glad to know they that you know they were doing what they love. In that yeah. Respect. They were very dedicated to mountaineering, and it's dangerous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a significant accident. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was so, sorry the, for uh, derailing the previous conversation. This is we're 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 having news effectively news of the day, and that's a major, a major one. I expect there'll be a lot of sadness in a KubeCon relate in related all. Yeah, yeah. there there been a. Uh, a few in the tech community. So the the guy who did Vim also. Yes, yeah, he uh, he also passed away. Uh, Kelsey Hightower uh, retired. Yes. Or, uh, and and that was does that look like a legitimate retirement? That he's he's literally because <laughs> I haven't seen him. So any updates? So from what I've been seeing is he's actually taking time off. He's doing things like. Uh, building a custom uh, closet in his home, but he's taking more time to talk with folks and explore things beyond what his job had him exploring. Mm -hmm. So he uh, looks like he's talking with Keith Townsend. He's talked with T Keith Townsend a couple of times and he's talked with other people and I think he's exploring technology before those conversations. So he's essentially ha having a good time at the moment, yep. but keeping his fingers in tech. Good. Good for him. No, he's, he's a good thinker, deep thinker on this, but he's, that was, um, we've had a couple of things like that with, um, with the system initiative. I'm blanking on, I haven't I haven't looked at too much at what they're doing. Although I think there was a HashiCorp impact. Um, it was the it was a chef or puppet founder, um, one of doing doing the new new work, uh, new company on system initiative, trying to rethink some de, you know de, DevOps two O type stuff. Mm. It always makes me a little nervous. <laughs> but we 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 keep trying to. To revisit the the core ideas on DevOps, but <laughs> yeah, can't blame them. Same same thing is true with Acorn, right? With the rancher with the rancher folks trying to create something new for that. But this is the thing: I, I without some of the social media stuff, I I normally catch I normally see a dribble of those pieces coming and going, and I. I 
haven't seen it as much as I normally would. Right. I agree. I mean, uh, we're also at a time where companies are closing in on them, on themselves. Like Red Hat's uh, changes to how they're um, like due to how Fedora uh, yeah, is positioned uh, compared to Enterprise Linux. Um, even SUS is going close. Like, oh, sorry, it's going non-public. Uh, now, what? What? What are they doing? Um, let me see if I can find the the article. I I assume they would be the lead leader of the uh, CentOS alternative family with that. Yeah. Well. Uh, the, the, they did announce that they are um, that they're going to be forking Red Hat essentially, but uh, there was something in the news about OpenSUSE. Hmm. But SUSE didn't used to be Red Hat. Well, no. But they 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 are they've been RPM based, and they actually had a pretty close direct. Sless was a pretty close direct alternative, although they 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 use Yum or they use Yast instead of Yum, but um, very close to. Well, I know there there have been changes at Canonical. I just don't know what they've been. Also, uh, the changes at Canonical. Uh, well, they're All they're doubling down on, on on the snaps. Yeah, uh, which um, has a lot of people upset. Yeah, this is where all the distros are basically the flavors are becoming more distinctive in the places they can become more distinctive. So the lock-in to a, fa- a Linux family, or at least the major ones, is is becoming um, more locked in, which is weird. I, I think all these distros that you know are being distributed through the cloud so aggressively, the clouds have their own distros too. We're we're in a in a pretty fragmented. Um, world from that perspective mm-hmm. yeah and uh bring back free bsd the cost of fragmentation i i would have thought would be high that, and that's what surprises me but i guess if you're if you have to maintain a distro fragmenting it um just means less collaboration less work for you that's where i'm i'm scratching my head if oh. if you're make well, actually, having been at companies that were focused on their major customers, if you are servicing your major customer, you are responding to their needs uh, directly, and that 
causes your uh, your tree to to bend towards their needs, and that increases the fragmentation. Then you drag the rest of your customers along to whatever your main customer is doing uh, and needs, unless you're you've got other big customers that have other fragmentations that are needed. But that that's one of the uh, downfalls that that I was seeing in a lot of co- companies. If you have most a good chunk of your income coming from one customer, you tend to respond quickly, which means that a lot of the stuff doesn't get rolled up or rolled back to the main to the trunk until after you've gotten your you've kept your customer online and moving forward. And then it all gets rolled back in for your other customers, but it's customer driven as opposed to and bottom line driven as opposed to any real architectural discussion. And I mean, that's. Ah, I guess that's it's good because the vendors are working with towards their customer needs. It's bad in that the the, the collaboration there's much, there's less and less need for collaboration and feeding things back. Except, may, I mean, I guess at the kernel level, which is where Linux is supposed to have a community. Right. Well, the other issue with that is you keep supporting a a single customer, and you've got some lock in there. But if that if there's a problem with that customer, like that customer goes belly up or uh, hits some legal stuff or they decide they can get a better deal elsewhere, you're stuck with this uh, this one-off. And that was a, uh, an issue that I saw happening in some of these companies I was working at. The, the threat of of being left in the dust because you were too focused in a different direction than the community. I mean, that that has always been a threat. It's just that the cycle has seemingly accelerated. Uh, And and again, I'm saying seemingly because uh, certainly the the people holding the money are seeing it as an accelerated cycle. I personally have my doubts as to whether it's actually happening or or whether it's more of an illusion. Well, I think it's also part of the uh, the money's reaction to the threat of recession. They're they're forcing their their folks to all hunker down, and a lot of these uh, layoffs were were not required or needed, but they were done just pro forma because, oh, we're heading into a recession. So the hunkering down, I think, is is causing the dispersion. And at some point, uh, we always go through cycles. <laughs> well, the, the, the layoffs, I mean, now that we, we've been nearly a year after them, uh, we, we can fairly confidently say that they were done for the benefit of the shareholders, not of the company. Oh, yeah. The, the company didn't need to lay them off. It, it was just that uh, if they if they hadn't done the layoffs, their 
their stock price wouldn't have met the growth expectations that the that the shareholders had. Well, and also it's a a way to control salary growth, which again ties to shareholder value. Exactly, exactly. But that's just a bitter person than me talking. <laughs> well, I, I do, I do think to your your point though. I, I, I think that um, companies collaborating, right? I, I don't think I don't think SaaS drives collaboration across companies the same way that software does, and um, and so I, I, I do think there's actually more fragmentation, and I think there's much less. Um, in you know, in interest in investing in cross company stuff, right? I mean, we we definitely we definitely see this. And I think the Terraform pieces that we're talking about, right? That is fundamentally cross cloud stuff and incredibly popular. And people love the fact that you have a DSL that's you know portable and, and things like that. But but we you know it couldn't the, the company doing that work couldn't maintain it. As a collaborative community, good. I, I would. I, I think a lot of people would argue that they they weren't building it in a collaborative way. That it was just multi-cloud, and there was a demand for it. Um, but I, I think it's really. It can, it can, we'll see if the community comes back and they they can find a way to collaborate on this the shared good um, in in Terraform. I'm just I'm yeah. thinking narrowly about Terraform. I, 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 go ahead. I, I think with Terraform, what happened was. Like it, not necessarily that it was the best product, but it was that the it was the only product for a while, at least when, in terms of multi cloud uh, and and also like off cloud. We've um, we've had I mean, the challenges. We've had a lot of cross cloud layers and abstractions before, but they were always least common denominator. Terraform. Mm -hmm. I mean that that's the brilliance of Terraform for its other you know for other faults. It never was a least common denominator platform. Right, so the the plans weren't cross compatible. But only the tool was, but it still it, it created the right you know the right level of abstraction without creating a least common denominator cloud wrapper, which is what most most I mean I've seen people build those a lot, but it's very hard to make those successful. Yeah. Um, and then the ones when they do, the ones I saw didn't didn't get traction. Across multiple companies is the right be that those abstraction layers, or were largely driven by a single company, and, and, and as a result, targeted towards that one, like CloudFormation, for example. Well, because they end up with business, you end up having to put business logic in. Yep. And once you put in business logic, then to, you know, then it's you know, then it's vendored. And it's in a weird way. It doesn't have to be, but usually I always found that they were, they were vendored. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was, yeah, Terraform has, has, I, I won't use past tense, has gotten an interesting balance between cloud specific business logic and portability. Um, But maybe I mean, do we are we opening the opportunity for something new to come in and do it? Do it? You know, a uh, 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 re revisit some of that assumption. There's definitely the, the opportunity for that. 
there, there, there are some aspects of Terraform that have been a thorn in people's sides for a long time, like, like the lack of native continuous reconciliation. And yes, there, there are companies that build around Terraform and, and, and now offer reconciliation as a service, essentially. Um, but um, it, it's not quite the same yet. Uh, state, state management is, is another long-term uh, issue that, that people have been having Terraform. So, so there's opportunity for, for improvement. Um, whether it happens with the Terraform fork or whether it happens with Pulumi or with, whether it happens with a newcomer that is yet to see. Um, like it, it's not like we have, we don't have a presence for something similar happening. Like for the longest time, Chef was the only tool that was widely adopted for configuration management and, and, and I specify widely adopted. Yes, there, there were other tools that, that were more domain specific that predate uh, Puppet. Um, uh, but uh, then Ansible came out and it put that whole ecosystem on its head. So that was a remarkable shift. Ansible really turned that, you're right, in, in very fast, um, turned everything upside down. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, the main thing with, with Ansible was that. You didn't need to stand up a like a whole set of infrastructure to to manage your systems. You, you just need a machine that was able to SSH into the other machines and a couple of local files, and, and you're ready to go. It it I yeah, and I would argue that in a lot of cases that ended up being a step backwards in the whole design. But. It, it, it was certainly and and and, and over, over 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 the years, like. Ansible became more puppet-like with Ansible pull, um, but it, it those that period between when Ansible launched and and when it solidified, it certainly helped. Uh, like, like it, it brought configuration management forward by by leaps, like instead of cross. It definitely put it in a lot more people's hands. That is a good point. Just like just like Terraform made you know it much easier for people to provision cloud infrastructure. Like it it significantly changed the equation of what it took to get infrastructure running in the cloud. Mm -hmm. Like single handedly, that it it changed cloud adoption. <laughs> yeah, and and it also changed how people think about managing cloud infrastructure. Would, in what sense? Well, it it drove uh, communities away from management dashboards, which, like before that, like for example, managing VMs, you had your ESX dashboard, and, and you you were using your ESX tooling. When Terraform came around, it, it was. Okay, well, I, I I still let let my ESX server run. It's just I'm interacting with it entirely through the API now. Uh, same happens to with happened with clouds at at a different scale. Like yes, you you had CloudFormation still there, and, and a lot of companies were were doing their own scripts, 
some companies were, were using Puppet um, in a combination with scripts to like to, to provision servers and, and then Puppet took on, took on the bootstrapping. Um, Terraform evened out or, or homogenized the, the landscape. Yeah, really, it really did have a big impact like that. In some ways, it's funny because it's very similar to what Docker did for containers. Like, we've definitely had these moments. Yeah. And, and to some degree, also what Kubernetes did for orchestration. I was going to say that, but yes, Klaus said it first. <laughs> So I, it's, it's amazing how this, I mean, these, it's not hard for us to come out with all these interesting history repeating itself uh, lessons here. Personally, I, I, I see the, the tech sector always working in cycles. And uh, like it, it, it doesn't mean that that is predictable. But when you look at it in hindsight, uh, like there, there's definitely patterns there. Um, I, yeah, I, and so are we? Are we in in the the start of the end of a rationalization cycle? <laughs> yeah, we're 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 moving back to fragmentation and a million flowers, shit like that. And then at some point, there will be something that drives it back together again yeah we're in the uh, i like to call it the yeah. post-explosion phase where, <laughs> where the dust is settling and, and you start seeing clumps and and, and the companies are starting to fossilize in the, their their systems uh and, and fossilize it, it I, I i chose that word on 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 purpose um and yeah, like five years, we will. I expect we will likely see another uh, explosion. Uh, like someone's come around, going to come around with a new or improved way of doing things, and uh, there's going to be another wave of adoptions there. Well, I like the fossilized term. It's actually very, very apt. Good choice of words. Thank you. I I, I will let that be our, our close for for this. Um, this is an interesting discussion. I, I love the free ranging ones where we can um, put a whole bunch, string a whole bunch of pearls together. Same here. Cool. All right. Safe travels to Google Next Plus, and um, everybody stay out of the hurricanes. <laughs> Thank you. And stay away from COVID. I'll, 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 I'll let you know what I saw at, at VMware. Um, Probably next week. Cool. Oh, keep an eye out to see if there's anything that um, indicates Broadcom is doing any, making any moves with I it. I will. That is that is top of my list. I will definitely let cool. you know. Cool. All right, everybody. Thanks. I got to run. Thank you. Yep. Cheers. Bye-bye. Wow. 
when we started the Cloud 2030 uh, sessions during COVID, one of the things that we were really missing was the ability to sit down and talk about what's going on. Uh, and this session was exactly that. Um, this idea that we can connect and talk and chat, compare notes, uh, and think about what's happening in uh, the world of technology and sometimes the world in general. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be part of these discussions, and I hope you do, please join us at the 2030.cloud. We would love to have your questions, insights, uh, and topics added to the list. Thanks, and I will see you there. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.